0: These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey you, welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy to be here with you, per usual. Today, I want to talk about what to do when a launch flops. This is a really fun conversation because, for one, I want to bring this topic to the surface because of this assumption that people that have successful launches don't have unsuccessful launches and I'm here to tell you that we have more flops than we do successes I think if you look at overall progress right because we just move fast and it's you just don't see it right. And I think it's important to normalize this idea of like, quote unquote, failed launches or even just failing in general and really build that in to knowing that that is actually a part of the process. If you didn't have failures, you wouldn't progress. You wouldn't know what actually works, what what doesn't work and how to make things better, how to optimize, Right. And too often what we see is people will have these really big launches or complicated launches. In fact, a lot of the clients that come to us inside of Launch Like a Queen, they've built out these really intense or complicated systems for their launches. And a lot of where we want to start is actually clearing a lot of that and sort of phasing that out. But when you put so much pressure on something to work and then all of a sudden it doesn't work as expected you have this like really intense or heavy emotion in your body and so it's really hard to know what you're actually doing or what you should be doing and 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 to get out of that spiral and so I'm going to offer some things here of what to look at what to think about what to do for next steps if you have a launch that didn't go as planned. Now, I'll talk about even some of the mistakes associated with this in making sure that you're setting yourself up for success from the get-go because what I find is that people are sort of passively going through their launches with this assumption that it should be easy, easy to sell. I see this all the time. Well, my offer is just 2K, or it's just a thousand, or it's just this much, and I have all these things to sell it. But if you don't already have a converting offer that's selling like hotcakes every month, You have to do the the offer due diligence. You have to put in the time and the grit to figure out what makes things sell, how to make it easier to sell it. And when we have the thought that it's easy to sell, then we don't do the offer due diligence. We aren't really building in that content for objections, sharing testimonials, or really taking the time to curate that experience from open cart to close cart and even the launch event. And so, I want you to first really like intentionally go through your launch process with the intent to demonstrate your full expertise, your full brilliance and do the offer it deserves. Like do the offer the due diligence it deserves by Really making sure that all of your content is taking them on that journey from not really even knowing much about you to selling them on the big idea to selling them on your particular solution to building that connection and that trust and to create that urgency of why now? Why is now the best time to buy? I find that that's one of the things that really stops people from having successful launches is that they just kind of willy nilly put things together with this assumption that It's easy to sell or people will come in no matter what. And so mind you, we want to get to that point where you – It does feel easy. That is the purpose is that it's there's systems, there's processes, and you're not having to work so hard during your launches. But to get there, you still have to go through the experimentation and exploration process of figuring out what works because that doesn't happen overnight. And that's what I want to normalize for you. Because again, when you see people having these successful launches, what you likely aren't seeing is all the behind the scenes work that's happening, not just for that Launch, but the journey up until that successful launch and all the failed launches before that. And so it's easy to assume that this should be easy. So while I absolutely want you going into all of your launches or your sales calls or even producing content, right? Writing content or doing videos with a feeling of ease and flow. Anytime we think things will be easy, we're just doing ourselves a disservice to fully look at the bigger picture and think about uh, what that journey overall looks like. These are big buying decisions for people. Whether you're selling something that's $1,000 or $10,000, know that these decisions are big for people and don't take that for granted. So that's something to consider in this, idea of quote-unquote flop launches and really setting your yourself up for success and kind of getting out of this idea or assumption that things are easy the other thing that i really want to make sure that you are doing to successfully prepare for your launches okay so before we even dive into like what to do if a launch flops it's important to even assess like what are you doing to prepare for one and a lot of times most of these mistakes can be avoided in the preparation of launches. But the other thing is not properly planning. You'll hear me talk about this a lot and it's just sort of a nature of who we are in thinking that you know something will take a certain amount of time and and completely underestimating the amount of time that something will take and or sort of willy-nilly walking into things so a lot of times my clients will come to me and be like okay I want to do a launch in three weeks but when you actually start to map that out it's like that is not even enough time to effectively prepare for a launch now again it just depends on the infrastructure that you already have created and or your bandwidth or your capacity. Right for us, we don't need as much time because we have the resources to fully execute on something, right? It's not just me. I have a team. We also have the systems and processes behind that, which is what we give to our clients and it's the idea that we want things to run more operationally sound, but like I said before, it takes time to get there. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so if we're just kind of like flipping the switch without the actual wiring behind that switch... This is where we get ourselves into trouble. And so if you're not reverse engineering that date and you're not looking at the promotional campaigns that need to go into that to effectively fill your conversion event or your masterclass or your challenge, right? And you don't have your promotional campaigns built for when your doors open or when you're running that promotional campaign. It's just something that's often overlooked. And so like I said, most of what contributes to a flopped launch I wish I could give a percentage if I had to guess it'd be like mm, 70% of flopped launches are a byproduct of just poor planning or (laughs) you know this idea that it'll just be easy which feeds into poor planning and so before you even start to build out your assets or start to plan for that launch event, you do have to just look at that timeline. We have a tool that if you stick in your date, right, it just reverse engineers. It's something that I completely underestimated something a skill set of mine is to be able to look at something big and dissect it. Obviously, you know, I'm a project manager by trade. And so that was a lot of my job is looking at these large-scale initiatives and breaking them out into micro-projects and micro-metrics and micro-initiatives so that the stuff could get done. Because if a company went out and just decided we want to change, and this is what we were doing, but one of their large initiatives, like we want to change the way healthcare is delivered. right? So powerful, so mission-driven, but that in itself is such a big thing and it's not very tangible well how do you know when we're successful in that and in your case having a successful launch means really knowing what success means in your launch and so when you think about even properly planning for that and micro tasking out the things that need to happen it's going to also help you really properly plan and also execute and also set goals. This is something that is another thing that is so overlooked, but you know, I I love, you know, shooting for the moon and having these really big goals, but if you have never had say a 50k launch or a 20k launch and you're like I'm going to have a 100k launch and that's your target and <laughs> you don't have any bridge there, then we're just sort of like not realistically thinking about the project behind that now I don't like to set reasonable goals because I do think part of the process is creating new thoughts and creating new behaviors to create new results if we just keep doing the same thing over and over again that's just going to produce the same result and in some cases that's good but I do want you to be a bigger thinker and so that's why we do have those more of those like monstrous goals, but you have to be able to actually make sense of that. If you're shooting for a hundred K, that means I have to sell X amount, which means I have to have X amount of leads come in, which means I need to be converting at certain percent. And 99% of people don't even know what to track or how to place smart markers around that. And so I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But that those two things are something that really heavily contribute to flopped launches before you the launch even begins. Not properly planning and then assuming that the offer is quote-unquote easy to sell. Now let's move into what to do when you are actually either in a launch that is flopping Right, so you maybe you are seeing the uh, the stats not really play out in your favor, or you have successfully wrapped up a launch, or you've wrapped up a launch that may not be successful, but you have wrapped up a launch and it isn't going to meet your revenue goals, or you're feeling like it's just a little tight. So a couple things too here is really knowing. How to wrap up a launch. So, no matter what, you have to have the full plan and you have to execute on the plan no matter what. No matter what. A lot of times, we see people have the urge, well, this happens, and this, I may even, you may even feel very heard right now or very seen in. You start to launch and things aren't going your way. And so you literally stop or give up. And that is not that is not a behavior I will allow. We There is a start and stop to our launch process. Now again, we have layers in there. I don't necessarily agree with having launches that constrict you. So you have to wait three to four months down the road or six months down the road uh, to launch again I want to make sure you have other supporting resources and funnels or marketing campaigns within that and this is something that we evaluate together every business owner is different and also every offer is different so we look at this and decide what is the campaign around this how often what are the what's the support system around this that's going to help you meet your revenue goals Because if you put all your eggs in one basket and then you have something like a flopped launch, you can put yourself at risk. And that is not what we want. You also have to, you will think you will have to make decisions that you wouldn't normally have to make that will impact you in the longer run. So we never want to be in that position where you're having to make like weird lofty decisions that are going to put your entire business at risk. So... That's something that I want you to keep in the back of your mind is that if you have put all your eggs in this basket for this launch and it flops, then either way, I want you to make sure you have a buffer in place that allows you to still have that mentality that it's okay. Like you still have things in place that will bring in revenue, whether that is just your organic content coming in or you have sequences in place. again, it's going to look differently for everybody. But we want to be able to make decisions from a place of abundance. And I can tell you from 100% personal experience, anytime I've made a decision out of fear or lack, it's always been my worst decision that I've ever made. I've always regretted it. I I can say that 100% 100 of the decisions that I make in that place are never good ones. So When you think about a launch that's not going well, the first thing is that you have to finish the launch. And this is why we really want our clients to have the plan in place before going into it because if the emotion takes place, if the emotion comes in strong, again, you'll make decisions out of emotion instead of logic and then you'll do crazy things. And so you still want to execute the launch. And I don't want you to ever give up on yourself right see the thing through and just a reminder literally over 50% of our buyers in our launches come in at the very end and this is what kills me when people like start to give up again every day every data set is going to look a little bit different but see the thing through but let's assume you saw it all the way through and you didn't get the results you want. Now, there's things along the way that I want you to be able to assess. And it's like if things are not going in your favor, there are things you could do to uh, tweak or adjust or pivot. But that, that's a conversation for another day. What I want to focus on, the, the launch is done and really knowing, like, where do I go from here if I didn't meet my revenue goals? Now, the first thing is first we have to know what actually didn't work. When you come in to a place of decision, we have to know what to assess, right? This is really easy for me because I am a little bit more analytical-brained. This is part of, you know, my trade. This is what I got paid, you know, really good money for. And it still has served me so well in my own business. But if you look at the highest level, conceptually something not working a general concept or like a general statement of my launch flopped, that literally serves no purpose. First of all, we have to even give it a benchmark of like, I didn't hit the goal, my revenue goal for the launch. We have to like be able to move from like this big emotional drama. Like, and again, I'm talking to myself because sometimes I could be so dramatic. My girlfriend's pointing this out to me. And it's okay. It's okay to have those emotions. It would be weird if you didn't. But we do have to eventually, hopefully sooner rather than later, get in a state where we can make better decisions. Because the truth is, as a CEO, if you are really operating as a business owner, the CEO of a business, you will have things go wrong all the time. And it's creating success isn't about having things go right. It's about knowing what types of decisions to make when things are not going right. And right as in, you know, well, there's really no right or wrong here. It's just sort of like being able to effectively measure where you're off track and how to get back on track. And so we want to be able to kind of take this down a notch, remove the emotion, and then get into a state where you can really start making some decisions and taking some action that are going to help you get money, make money, right? Grow the business and continue on the right track without self-sabotaging because this is ultimately what it comes down to is complete and ultimate self-sabotage. Whether you really identify with something like that or not, I'm just gonna say it, that's what it is. So this is about the languaging like how you're talking about your things. And I know it doesn't sound very important, but it is 100% so impactful. For instance, I had a, a client come on to one of our coaching calls and she had said that she was struggling and that she felt like her content wasn't really resonating. Well, mind you, just a couple minutes before we were celebrating wins and she had just spoke at an event. She hosted her own event and was getting referred by the people that were coming to these events, and also just had an incredible launch prior to that that, was, that brought in like three new clients. And so I was like, wait a minute. Like, when I think of struggling, I think of people that like have no home, have no food, right? Just by her identifying with this struggle mentality was keeping her in that low state, that low energy, the low vibe, right? And it was feeding her brain with lies which then impacted how she was creating content which then impacted how she was showing up and what she wanted to create as far as her results went and so immediately when I even shifted her languaging around you know you're not struggling it sounds like your message is evolving and you're in experimentation really trying to to learn what's going to resonate more. And just by saying that, she even said, oh, when you were talking, I could feel the relief in my body, right? So when she approaches content that next time, imagine how differently she's going to feel and the result she's going to create from that. So how you talk about yourself and your launches and your business will play into the results you create. So if we're just conceptually saying my launch flopped or this sucks, right? we're going to have, we're, we're going to attach unnecessary truths or sort of like unnecessary lies, if you will, to these results. And we need to separate things. We need to really get honest and we need to start looking at facts. So just by changing how you talk about things will significantly impact. And when you start to really move into true statements, so instead of saying my launch flopped, we can say something like, I missed the revenue goal that immediately will shift everything for you. Now, let's talk about where we want to start diving into really figuring out why you didn't hit that revenue goal, okay? So when I think of a launch flopping, I'm going to shift here and say this is under the assumption that you didn't hit your revenue goal. And again, most of you probably didn't even hit, like set the goals. So that's a, that's the first piece. But when we think about launch flops, right, because this is how generally I hear you guys talk about them, under this assumption we're saying that you didn't hit the goal that you had in your mind or that you actually set. And so when we look at that, and we start to dissect this, what we can figure out is we can start asking ourselves, okay, what happened? Where in that process did we have a gap? What do we need to start looking at? So when our clients submit launch debriefs, this is the process that helps them effectively measure this so that we can kind of take this like this feeling of the launch not really working or sort of missing the target and really start to evaluate where there's opportunity. Most often than not, there's not anything specifically that went wrong. It's just a matter of tweaking, adjusting, and dialing in. And what happens is when we just assume that something hasn't worked without actually looking at it, you just throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is something that I used to do and sometimes even still I find myself in sort of that extreme state when you're in that emotion and you can't see clearly, it's just sort of like all or nothing. And and as you grow in your business, this is something that you'll really have to break in yourself and the patience and the time of perfecting your marketing systems, right? Do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. If something isn't working, just assume that it's a piece of the thing that isn't working, and that's what we want to go tweak. So you have to always go back to the data, okay? Always go back to the data. And usually... It's one of these three things when it comes to figuring out where the gap was. It's either a volume issue, like literally there just wasn't enough people, enough volume in there to assess what's working or not working. Or it's an audience issue. Okay, this is generally like a messaging piece. So you were putting the, the messaging around the launch itself not the offer but the launch so if you had say a masterclass or a challenge or a workshop a multi-day event there was something about the positioning of that that didn't quite grab the audience that it needed to so basically it's you're putting the wrong experience in front of the wrong people or lastly it's an offer issue usually it's going to boil down to one of these three things or a little bit of both, right? You're not getting the people in there. You're not getting the volume of people. You're not getting the right people or there's a mismatch with your offer. This is why it's so important that we do this work together because it's often too hard for you to tell what it is when you're so close to it. This is obviously... Our zone of genius, my company, this is what we do literally day in and day out is look at, you know, positioning and messaging and offers and launch events and evergreen funnels and we figure out where the gap is. But those three things give you at least some insight as to where in that process, where in the launch might there have been an issue. Sometimes when it comes to the volume piece, you just didn't get enough people in there, then we want to go back to figure out why. Okay, so did you rush the process, right? This goes back to not preparing or giving yourself enough planning to fill the launch event. Let's use a masterclass, for example. Okay, if you didn't get people to that masterclass or you you didn't have people show up to the masterclass, so this is where the data is so important. And again, this like there's so much to dissect here and I don't want to go too deep into the data, but let me tell you something. Uh, there's a difference between fixing a problem or solving for a problem around a number of people signing up for your masterclass versus the number of people showing up live for the masterclass. Two completely different problems you're solving for and it's going to depend when it comes to volume where, we, where what we need to do next to eliminate that issue. Okay, because if you had, I had a client who had like over a hundred people sign up for her masterclass, but she only had about a 20% um, show up rate live. And so a hundred, amazing, right? A hundred people show like uh, opting in. That means generally when we look at sort of the conversion rate for her page, right? A hundred could be a lot or it could be, it's all kind of relative, But when looking at the size of her audience and also the page stats of her opt-in page, it was great. And so that is not the quote-unquote volume issue we're solving for. What we're actually solving for is getting more people to show up live to that masterclass because that is where the conversions are going to happen. So again, different problems you're solving for and it's going to require a different type of strategy. But when you are not tracking your numbers or you don't even know what to track this is where we have sort of we're just like living in the emotion of things didn't work and throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and then reinventing the wheel every time which means you're just losing steam instead of gaining momentum okay when it comes to the audience issue oftentimes people are just not positioning their launch events strong enough we assume that if it's free that people will just show up or that if I talk about it one time, people will sign up, right? This is kind of overlapping even with volume. You have to do the marketing due diligence to getting people to show up for this thing. But if it is not a compelling reason, right, or this audience, your audience isn't seeing how this could benefit them in any way, that your launch event, your masterclass, or your challenge, you're going to have an audience issue, Okay. And this is why it does not matter how small or large your audience is. I see clients that are freaking crushing it with less than 400 followers on Instagram or less than 400 email subscribers. Okay. It's because they have these things. They know how to fill their launch events. They know the backend systems to move somebody from lead to a client and they have a message and an offer match. And so this has nothing to do with how many people are following on you on Instagram or how big your email list. It's all about the match, okay? Is it compelling enough for them to really show up to this? And or are you marketing to that higher end client, okay? Oftentimes what I see people do is they have this really amazing offer that delivers this really incredible result, but then they like shrink down that message way too much when developing something like a free masterclass or a challenge to uh, use that as a tool to bring people in right to their offer and so there's a complete mismatch so for example we have a client who helps women become paid speakers okay Her offer helps people clarify their uh, message, really distill their frameworks and their tools, their takeaways for their signature talks, and helps them get known as a speaker, a paid speaker. And her avatar is very high caliber. They're professional women who are already demonstrating some sort of leadership in their career, whether that's in entrepreneurship or in corporate, and they're very established in their life, okay? If she were to come out with, say, a free masterclass that was like public speaking 101, right? There would be a complete mismatch. What it's doing is that would be scrubbing out that higher caliber messaging that we know her women are really looking for right and so instead we're going to teach to something like how to build your paid speaking platform as a a woman in leadership right very clear you're not straying too far away from your core offering and that core avatar when developing these launch events or launch experiences within your master classes and your multi-day, you know, free events. We want to really still be so specific in who that message is for and what it's going to do. Which brings in that third component of an offer mismatch, right? So if we have volume issues and or an audience mismatch and or an offer issue, right? What's happening is either we haven't done the offer due diligence, so it still isn't quite positioned or packaged right in a way that people want it right now, or there is that mismatch of like you have a lower caliber audience and you have a high caliber offer. And so it just falls on deaf ears. And most often, even the most brilliant women that we work with really kind of shy away from giving their offer the, the full due diligence that it deserves, right? A full pitch, a full offer alignment, really, really driving home why it's important that your potential clients join right now and not later. And I'm not talking about fast action bonuses or deadlines. All of that is really pointless if you don't create that intrinsic desire for your clients now, right? And really helping them see how your offer is going to better their life and what it's going to cost them by not solving for the problem right now. And so when you think about those three layers, again, it's usually a little bit of everything, but sometimes just the one thing. Maybe you just need more people in there. So we need to figure out how do we turn up the volume on your upcoming launch event, right? How do we get more people there? What do we need to do to make this so compelling that people do show up? How do we make sure also that we are disqualifying people? It's like, Even though it's free, there are still really amazing marketing methods you could use to basically filter out the people that are not right for your offer. You're going to want to do this way in advance of ever even talking about your offer. This is something that's completely undervalued and overlooked in a lot of, you know, funnels and and sequences and and marketing is your front end marketing all your free content and in your social media posts, your emails should be qualifying and disqualifying at the same time before people even hear your offer. There's going to be words and phrases and uh, these, these language patterns you will want to use when making sure to make a, take a stance on this is the type of people you work with and these are the type of people you don't work with. And you don't even really have to say that latter. Like you don't necessarily have to say, I don't work with these people. But just by you being so convicted in the type of people you do work with and feeling really clear there, that will repel the people that are not right for you. We don't have people negotiate with us. We don't have people ask if they can come in at a lower price. We don't have people ask if we're willing to make an exception like, We take a stance on this is what we do. This is who we work with. And we are, we have white glove programs and services, and it's not right for everybody. And so when you think about holistically how this might have not worked, how your launch might have flopped, those three layers will give you a really good starting point as far as like what to assess first. Usually, without even knowing or looking obviously at your results, I would say it's going to be a little bit of both. But regardless, it's starting with the positioning, making sure your offer is compelling, and then using that to really drive the positioning of the full launch campaign, which then will take care of the volume issue if you're talking about it enough, okay? But from there, okay, so if we are just kind of, before we ever make decisions about what to do next, Because we haven't even talked about, right, like, well, what do I do next? This is all about just, like, being able to evaluate, which nobody does. And that is the best business practice you have to build in for everything. How are you evaluating what actually is or isn't working? Are you taking the time to logically decide where to go from here? And so after you've assessed, okay, this probably is where I didn't do the work, right? Or maybe, yeah, it is just a volume issue and you need to do it again. Maybe it is an offer misalignment and we need to make sure that we have the assets in place to do the offer due diligence. But that will inform what is next for you. And if you feel like you can or have the capacity, I am always a huge proponent of like, Launch again, right? We just had a client. She had like literally glowing numbers. She does so well and she tried a new launch event. She's like, I want to try this new thing. I want to sell directly off a sales page, which again, there's processes that have to go in place here if you want to make the transition from doing sales calls to selling off a sales page, which again, another conversation. But what The warning there was like, okay, that's great, and that will absolutely work for you. You have a proven offer, the messaging is dialed in, but it is a different marketing campaign, it's a different way of selling this thing. And so, making sure you have a buffer in there that's going to kind of catch these things if it doesn't work the first time, and so. What happened to it is, of course, like even though it was quote unquote a lower ticket offer in her regards it was, right? Cause she only sells, you know, 10K plus offers. And this was a 3K offer, which in her mind is like a no brainer. But again, for her audience, it is still a bigger decision. And to get it selling off of a sales page right away is a little bit, it does take a little bit of time to finesse. And so because she didn't get the full result she wanted through that process, is we're just going to launch again. <laughs> like, literally, we just do it again. And then we are able to look at, okay, we decided we're going to do it again. And we're going to go back to the data. We're going to see where the gaps were. And we're going to do it again, knowing that I have this data to support what strategic decisions I need to make within that next launch to improve my results. So, I, it sounds crazy because I know people are always like, "Well, well, I look stupid. What will people think?" <laughs> right? But the truth is, nobody's really thinking that. And also, it's almost gives people more of a service, right? Most people actually, in most cases, they didn't even know what they don't know what's going on behind the scenes, like you do, right? Maybe they saw you promote a masterclass, maybe they talked about your offer, but or they saw you kind of like go through a little bit, they saw you talk about your offer, but like nobody is thinking like, oh, she's quote unquote launching again. She might, uh, you know, she probably failed. Like nobody is thinking that. Nobody has the know-how or the knowledge to even like connect those dots. So, and and even if they did, again, I don't think anybody has, or my thought is, (laughs) people are too busy in their own lives to even really have the capacity to care okay and even if they did it goes back at the end of the day this is your business these are your goals and when you start sitting into the feeling of like not hitting your goals it's almost like would you rather feel that of like not hitting your goals or would you rather feel other people's opinions or perceived opinions and that always gives me that really good contrast of like okay I really don't care what people think this is This is the work I'm doing and I want to help more people and this is only going to help me do that. Even if you still don't get the results you want, what you've done just by doing your launch experience again, you're serving more people through the masterclass, you're getting your content out there, you're building that consistency and repetition in your messaging, in your marketing, in your offers that's going to just continue to build momentum for you. You can't not win by consistently doing this over and over again, whether that's every month or every three months or every four months. The point here is that why would you not do it again if you didn't get the results you wanted, right? And really the way that we teach our clients is you're doing it consistently enough where it's so fine-tuned that it's just working like a machine for you. And so you don't have to do much, right? These big drawn out live launches can f- make you feel a little burnt out. But if you pull in these different layers and systemize a lot of it, this is how you get to those high earning months with, a, with more ease and flow and predictability. Now, the other option besides relaunching again is waiting. Obviously, it's the utmost, right? It's obvious like we either do it again or we wait. So we just have to assess the risks and the consequences of those two options. Do I relaunch again or do I wait? And you have to be able to make a decision from logic and not emotion. So if you are strictly really looking at this of like, what would make sense for me? What would make sense for my clients and my programs and my offers? You will be able to really sit into that logic. And it's not taking into consideration of like, you know, what will people think of me or will I look stupid or whatever, right? Again, it's all the drama that we have. And at the end of the day, it goes back to, right? How committed are you to the success of this, right? I would prefer that you master that one thing, right? So I don't see live launches. This is like one and done thing. It never works that way. And the less times that you're doing it 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 means that it's going to take that much longer to really perfect the system and the more that we can perfect it the more that we have that reliability there so how committed are you to creating the success of that launch every time you have open enrollment let's say you have Maybe you're opening enrollment once a month. Maybe you want to, you have your offer set up so that you can always take clients and those live launches give you that extra boost, right? While also your organic content is bringing clients in for you, which is really the method we love the most is having both work for you. But what is the worst thing that could happen if you do a live launch again? What's the worst thing that could happen? Literally, I can't think of anything unless you're so doggone tired, right which means that you're working too hard for these launches it means you're not fully preparing for them maybe you don't have the support you need you have a lot of maybe limiting beliefs that you're kind of like hustling through which is creating this really hustly energy if you're really really tired after your live launches it just means we're missing something but i would rather have you do it as often right with that energy coming into it knowing that you you shouldn't have to do much if you're really perfecting that system. This is why I really love having these layers of both, right? And you're doing less, but you're doing them better each time. So that's what I really want you to walk away with is first knowing conceptually when an actual launch has failed and really looking at it through the lens of like, okay, what didn't work and being able to assess that through a data perspective. We don't want to use our feelings to drive our decisions, and we don't want to use feelings to even make assessments. That's the worst thing you could do for yourself. And so we have to figure out, okay, what actually did or didn't work, and then you can move into, okay, why, right? And I gave you a little bit of context kind of at the higher level, right? Was it a volume issue? Was it an audience issue? Was it an offer issue? And the data that you have to support you within each of those will be able to give you indicators of those, And then really at the end of that, you have two choices, right? So we're going to clear the clutter. We're going to close the loop because we don't want to keep a bunch of open loops in our brain, right? You really just have two options, relaunch again or wait, but just really assessing what are the consequences of each of those from a logic perspective. And what's the worst that could happen to you by doing it again? right how committed are you to the success of your launches so this is the work we do with you inside of launch like a queen if this really resonates with you and you want the checklist you want the data tracking you want us to look at your offer and and your messaging and your unique niche this is what we do with you and i want you to look in the show notes, we have a link there that you can use to book a call to see if you're a good fit. We would love to have a conversation with you about that. But overall, this hopefully gives you a good starting place so that you can come back to this when you do have a launch that didn't quite meet your expectations and kind of settle into a little bit more of hope. Because I'm here to tell you, I've never actually hit any of our goals, <laughs> any of our launch goals, right? I shoot a little bit of high. I shoot a little high which is okay. It's good. We always, we want to create new thoughts, new feelings, right? But there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you that it didn't. And so the more that we can get into just more of that logical space with a clean mind, you will 100% 10x results from there. No doubt. Hey you, thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high-caliber free community, head over to kinzimacus.com forward slash community. See you there.